0: Now, fight back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. It is the subject we keep returning to, and I, for one, don't like it. It's the carnage on the roads, and it is mostly preventable, but the toll keeps rising. As the rain fell last night, there were 42 collisions, 42 collisions after 4.30. People. Is this the first time we've had rain? The result of that, 15 pedestrians and one cyclist hit, and that includes one person who suffered very serious injuries. Yesterday, before that, another pedestrian, an 87-year-old woman was struck and killed when she crossed the street near Bathurst and Shepherd, and that was the city's 76th traffic fatality of the year. Of those killed 42 were pedestrians and 28 of the pedestrians were seniors and seniors always the worst hit always most likely to die of their injuries 60% of the fatalities generally are seniors I want to hear from you are you finding things more difficult either as a driver or as a pedestrian I mean myself as a driver feel like we have to adjust to the changing of the season. It's darker, it's colder, there's rain. Um, and I want to hear what your experience is. The numbers to call 416 360 740 740 And right now I am here in studio with Constable Clint Stibbe. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You know, just uh, before we went on air, you were talking about how drivers have a hard time with any kind of change.
2: Yes, and that can be a change in uh, route, getting into work. It can be a change of environment, which would be uh, a snowstorm, a rainstorm, uh, suddenly fog. uh, Things that you'd think individuals would be able to adapt to, but quite often what we see is panic sets in. Uh, the individual freezes behind the wheel and doesn't quite know how to react. We traditionally see it most in an icy or snowy situation where if a vehicle starts to go out of control, the driver's hoping that the car is going to save them. The reality is the driver actually has to do something to save themselves. And I was thinking about it on the way over here today. The question's always asked, what are we doing to help make roads safer? And what hit me was, wait a minute, what are you doing to make yourself, your commute safer? Uh, Because you can't expect the police to be at every backseat of your car, at every street corner, watching for everything that goes wrong. We don't have the manpower for that. And this is where community needs to work together, uh, especially for their own safety. That means being aware when you're crossing the street, paying attention uh, to traffic coming in any direction, a person that's uh, driving a motor vehicle making that left or right hand turn, communicating with The pedestrian or the cyclist to ensure that you don't have a collision to take that second look
1: yeah well you you have to because one of the things i i find often turning right and it can be frustrating because there are sort of hordes of people and just when you think the intersection is cleared and say you've looked left and you're ready to go well there are more people coming from the right so you have to look again and and you know maybe you won't be able to make that turn right then maybe you'll have to to wait some more
2: absolutely and i think that's a perfect example Individuals make an initial check. I believe that everybody at least does put an yeah. effort in. But they make that initial check to the right, start and in most cases will stop late into the pedestrian crossover. So now they think they possess that c- pedestrian crossover area, nobody will cross. The reality is people will still continue to cross. But now that driver turns and faces the threat for them is that oncoming vehicle. Okay, here comes my gap, and they hit the gas and go. Oh, and then they look right. The problem is it's kind of in the wrong order. When you decide that you're going to be able to go, you need to now take a look to your right to ensure that somebody hasn't stepped in front of your car. And quite often, this is exactly what we see occur.
1: And, and eye contact is good. You know, I, I have to admit, sometimes I get impatient and sometimes I look at the pedestrian with, oh, come on, bro, please let me go. And they do.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know what? It's communication. Yeah. By having that communication with uh, a pedestrian or a cyclist or even another driver, I mean, if you've ever rolled up to a stop sign, I mean, I have no problem letting somebody go first. Give them a little wave. Off they go. Or they give me a wave. Go ahead. Hey, you know what? That's a form of communication. There was no verbal there was a hand gesture, a nod, something to, that just suggested, okay, this is the way things are going to go.
1: And, and you know what? Every time somebody lets me in, I give them the little thank you wave because, you know, it's not all that common here for people t- to let you in.
2: Well, it's quite often it's the individual that's running late that wants to... Uh, jockey for position where they always have taken every little bit they can to get ahead. So this is, again, it's a behavior that's been uh, bred into society that we need to get there. But at the flip side is we think we're entitled to do whatever we need to to get to work or to get to our destination. The reality is you're not. That's why those laws are in place.
1: I mean, you talk about adjusting, and one of the things we have to do, to adjust is maybe to leave a little earlier. I can be guilty of not doing that, but, but I think that's the bottom line. When the weather's changing, you probably have to leave a little earlier, oh, absolutely. however you're...
2: Absolutely. I mean, uh, if we get uh, a substantial amount of snow, it's nothing for me to leave an hour early. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to get up an hour early. And uh, believe me, I feel it, but the reality is my commute is a lot smoother, a lot more relaxed, and I may even get to work early. So you know what? Then I've got some time to myself. Unfortunately, with uh, families, society, the hustle-bustle of daily lives, everyone is trying to take advantage of every second. The problem is they're taking advantage of those seconds by putting risk on other individuals.
1: Okay. Uh, You were talking about a difficulty adjusting. So before we go to the phones and we will get there very shortly people why don't you go over how people should adjust Uh, we're expecting snow finally on sunday so what should people be thinking ahead that they're going to change on sunday when the canadian winter that we know so well might actually arrive
2: well quite simply it is slow down Leave extra room. Leave extra time. If you do those three things, your commute is going to be a safe one. When we look at those cars that have hit the guardrails or have um, rear-ended somebody, nobody else did, except you. And now you have to ask, what did that person do? Well, quite honestly, that person made a mistake. That person was driving too aggressively, Uh, maybe a rapid lane change, wasn't paying attention to what's going on, was following too close. And unfortunately, I would suspect if we do get a reasonably heavy amount of snow from Sunday to Monday, and I don't know how the snow is going to come in, but if we do get it for the rush hour on Monday, uh, we're going to have a tough go in the morning because it's going to be the first snow of the uh, the season.
1: Okay, well, I mean, uh, we had a tough go with rain yesterday. I mean, it was a lot of rain. It was heavy rain, but really. Uh, Let's go right to the phones. We've got Brian in East York. Hi, Brian. Hi Libby, how are you? Fine, how are you? Oh, excellent. Um,
3: uh, this is co- quite the time. I was coming home late the other night, and uh, this gentleman uh, stepped off the curb in front of me. He was wearing completely dark clothing, and he had a big black dog with him. But uh, I, we, I did notice him, and, and I put jammed my brakes on, and it was no problem. He waved, and I waved to him. but. But i I like to suggest maybe you and uh, the police officer there, we come out with something, say something like a pink pink armband that you could wear on the sleeve of your dark clothing at night and even during the day, as you say, with the snow coming and everything, and actually we could buy these pink armbands for a couple of bucks, make a donation towards the Cancer Society, and then everybody wins that way.
2: Well, currently, there are a number of different products available uh, to the pedestrian uh, public. Actually, to all, everyone, really. Oh, that, really? Uh, so, uh, I
3: guess I have a another- Yeah, I've,
2: I've actually got one sitting on my desk. But you know what? You <laughs> yeah. can have all it's the doing safety.
3: a lot of good on your desk, isn't it?
2: Well, you know what? But there's a difference with the way I cross the street to, I would say, the average person.
3: Yes, I always look myself. I I used to, I worked in the public all my life. And uh, as a kid, I used to be the kid ran in front of you with the newspapers. So I know exactly how to cross. You don't cross the street diagonally. When you cross the street, you go straight from one point to another. You don't go on like a 90 or... 200-degree angle. Yep. You
2: okay, know, let's, some,
1: let's hear what Constable so, Stibby has to say so, about those armbands. What,
2: what, I, what I just want to point out is uh, armbands are, uh, I'm going to say an accessory to safe uh, commuting. The real safety has to come from the individual, how they negotiate the roadways as whether driver or pedestrian cyclist. Individuals that are crossing mid-block, when we look at our fatal collisions, that represent almost one-third of our fatalities. Uh, left and right-hand turn make up the other two-thirds. So these are really the key areas that need to be improved as how we manage or how we commute through those areas. But uh, the armbands or, or something reflective yeah. is a good idea for an Opportunity for that driver to be able to see you. The flip side to that is the driver has to focus on what they're doing. And quite often we have them delving into uh, answering a text, uh, looking uh, perhaps back to talk to somebody in the car, distracted by anything but... Uh, and, unfortunately, operating a motor vehicle in that fashion. This is where safety actually has to be. The key point of safety is the individual, Mm -hmm. the accessories, the reflectors, the lighting. These are extras.
1: But it it can be hard to uh, see. Brian, uh, thank you for your call. Okay. Uh, he talked about people. somebody dressed in black wearing uh, w- with a big black dog. When I was driving yesterday at the last woman, a woman crossing against the light, and the only reason I saw her was because she had a white dog.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I was driving down uh, the West Mall, and uh, there were no lights in the section where I was. It was dark in the morning, and I saw a headlight from one of the other vehicles disappear and come back quickly. I immediately slowed down. There's something up there. Whether I didn't know if it was an animal or a person or whatnot. And as I got closer... It was a person attempting to cross mid-block, literally in the pitch black. The only reason I even saw them was because they had stepped in front of another vehicle coming the other direction, and I actually saw that light blink for just a split second.
1: Well, and, and you had the wherewithal to figure out that that's what it meant. I had the wherewithal to think something's going to happen, yeah. and I, but I was
2: prepared for that. I was paying attention to that. I'm going to suggest most people wouldn't catch that. I even uh, one time I was uh, driving out in the suburbs, and I saw a same thing, a bit of a, a flash with the light. As I got closer, it was in the snowstorm there's a pedestrian walking alongside one of the main uh, side roads in halton and i didn't see them till i was almost on top of them but thank god that i had seen something in the light earlier and i'd slowed right down and there he was I even at that point called uh, it into the halton regionals so that uh, somebody could pick him up because he was in a bad spot
1: yeah it's so uh, everybody out there listening i mean so it's an issue of concentration i think a lot of us think that we can just kind of put ourselves on autopilot when we're driving have to pay attention and and if you see something like that like a mysterious breaking then then uh... that's a good point so yep. you know that somebody
2: that's not paying attention would never see it
1: yep okay um... let us go to dorothy in toronto hi dorothy hello libby and stibby <laughs> <laughs> like it's a dynamic, <laughs> yes, a dynamic duo
4: yes a dynamic duel. a journalist and a police officer and I just found out yesterday they're cutting down on the uh, – it's really horrible. It just made me depressed to think of it. They're, they're cutting down on, on the police, cutting way, way back. and uh,
1: uh, Police staffing levels. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's really horrible. And, yeah. and yesterday the headlines on um, the Metro really upset me. I'm still upset about it. Uh, that's why I don't listen to the news. The other night I heard about the 15-year-old girl being killed. But yesterday, this beautiful woman and her three sons, I thought, oh, a beautiful family. But then when I read what happened, the woman was killed by a young driver, drove right up on the sidewalk, and killed this woman. And you read what the little boys say about their mother. And this girl only had to lose her license for six months and pay $1,000. So no wonder the driver's. (laughs) <laughs> Don't that, care about the
1: pedestrians. That was a sentencing of, yes. of a case that happened yes. several years ago. No years the,
4: ago. It was in November, it said.
1: November 6th, uh, 2012. 2014, the 3 2012. 2012. Uh, sorry, 2014, yes. It was 2014, 2014. 2014, yes. It's 2016 now. Yes. Yeah, so no, let yeah, let, let Constable Stibby <laughs> answer. This is so, the first
4: time I've ever heard about it. I read it on the cover
1: of the Metro uh, yeah, yesterday. Because, yeah. Okay. Okay. So
2: just, just to point out, there are changes uh, that have actually started moving through the courts where um, a careless driving causing death, uh, mm-hmm. where there's a more... Substantial penalty for a loss of a life when there's no criminal intent uh, is being tabled, or is in the process of being tabled, in order to increase the penalties that uh, offenders will face should they take somebody's life. Uh, the decisions currently before the courts are bound by the laws that we currently have. Even if something were to come tomorrow um, that you know there would be a massive change as to what the penalties are for, say, careless driving, or where an individual has lost their life. Um, that will still be years before that is actually heard in courts because the anything that has already happened is under the old law. Anything that happens as of, t- say, tomorrow will now be under the new. So there will be a transition period, uh, although it'll be somewhat abrupt, but the reality is that um, the government is looking at ways to make our roads safer. Uh, penalties in some cases do help, but when we look at impaired driving, uh, we've had f- over 1,500 impaired drivers arrested so far this year. Unbelievable. Uh, 85 of them uh, consumed a drug and were operating impaired by drug. When we look at that number, you know that you could see life imprisonment if you kill somebody while operating motor vehicle while impaired. Uh, you will lose your license. Your car will be impounded. You will, you will pay higher insurance rates. You will get a criminal record. And we've got 1,528 people as of this morning that were charged for impaired driving. What does this tell you? That that individual doesn't feel that that penalty is enough of a deterrent doesn't maybe. feel that
1: it's going to happen to them
2: or maybe it's not going to happen to them the reality is it usually happens to somebody else yeah that's
1: maybe. i think uh, and dorothy thank you for your call um i i think yes those penalties that penalty is is shocking it's shockingly low but but i think the the fundamental problem is that people don't think that they're going to do any harm, and they don't think they'll be caught, and they don't think that the consequences will apply to them.
2: And unfortunately, I, I think we have to agree that that is likely the case by most individuals that are operating motor vehicles, that they don't think there's a the ones they're going to get caught or charged. And I've heard that many times, uh, but we that's where we need community work with us uh, to be the eyes on the street for us and let us know where those impaired drivers are. But at the same time, um, there are far stiffer penalties in the United States for offenses, in some cases the death penalty, and yet people still do it. So, you know, I mean, at what point is community or society going to recognize that what we're doing is wrong and we need to follow the rules? And until it happens to them, I suspect that they won't take that sort of uh, position.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's take one more call before the break. Uh, We've got Clive in Toronto. Hello, Clive. Hi, how are you, ma'am? Fine, how are you? Not too bad.
5: I have a question for the officer. And um, you passed a rule in January saying that people should not um, go when the pedestrian is crossing from one side of the street to the other side. And I was at Jane and Wilson last week, and the police officer in his car the people are going north and the people are going south, and he was making a right turn on Wilson, and he did not stop. If I was Facebook, sadly, I would have put him on Facebook because it's disgusting. People, you're crying every day that people are getting killed by the police officers. Not even them that is obeying the rules.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm not sure uh, exactly the chain of events that occurred there. The individual is making a right turn from a main road onto a side street.
5: No, uh, he was co- we, we were going north and Jane, okay. and he made the right turn onto Wilson. Okay. The light was stopped. The people going south were coming down. The people who were going north were going by. And he still proceeded through, and even at one time he was facing people crossing the street. And I'm not just a police officer. Nobody obeys this rule. I called the station already regarding mm-hmm. it. If you make rules and your officers are not obeying, what's the point?
2: Well, you know what? Uh, we have uh, about, um, I think about now we're sitting around 4,700 officers uh, that are uh, on the roads. Uh, we're not perfect. We have seen... Uh, but you uh, make the rules. Don't, don't Hold on. We don't make the rules. rules. We don't make the rules. we enforce the We enforce the rules. And the officers are held to a higher level or a higher standard for operating motor vehicles uh, because we are supposed to be setting an example. If that officer did make an error, and again, I, I still don't grasp the exact uh, situation that that person oh, uh, occurred in, but... The point being that that um, you have the ability to complain about the person operating that motor vehicle. Whether if you just have a car number, that's all you need, and the time and location, and they'll be able to tell what officer was operating that motor vehicle, and that officer is going to be told you were not operating that motor I vehicle charge. properly. Sorry.
5: Told our charge. Because if I it's not, it's not a I, charge, if sir. If I it's cross the street I'd be char- and oh. the police officer see me do that, he can charge me, right? Is that pedestrian? As a pedestrian dependent, depending on
2: how you cross the street. it's not automatic. It. You
5: see the pedestrian do it, what's the point of having this law? You should go back to the time nineteen sixty two when I came here. People stop and they put their hands out and tell you that they're crossing. And when you stop, the car the car they walk. Now, you can't do that because it's too modern, but people are getting killed every day because um, of this situation.
2: You know what? I don't, I don't dispute that people are dying every day. I mean, in Toronto, it's not every day, but we are yeah. seeing a, a it's too high much. number. But we need to keep in mind that, um, again, if the officer made an error, and we have had complaints about officers, yeah. you know what? They're counseled on what they're doing, and if necessary, they're sent for driver training. The, the goal is to still operate at Motor Vehicle safely. We do put a tremendous amount of miles on our vehicles on a daily basis, a yearly basis. Do we have collisions? Absolutely. Do our officers make mistakes? Absolutely. It doesn't excuse what they did, and where necessary, they're being sent for retraining to make them better drivers and to help reduce the number of collisions that we see.
1: Okay, well, Clive, next time you see a, a cop doing something wrong, call it in. I will take his
5: picture and I will put it on their Facebook. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Thanks a lot, Clive.
5: Okay.
1: Thanks. Uh, when you talk about officers uh, making mistakes, there's also been some cases of officers caught driving impaired.
2: Yes. And, yeah, not uh, not usually on duty. I, I sure. can't say that's never happened. Uh, not that I'm aware of. What I can say is uh, off-duty officers. And it's interesting that you said, that you, I think you used the word mistake, uh, but... I don't view it as a mistake, it's a choice. not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Regardless of who you are, getting behind the wheel of a motor vehicle and you made a decision to consume alcohol, that's a decision you have to live with. But recognize that there are penalties for you doing that. Myself, I don't drink. I've never developed a taste for it. I have no desire to drink. I would never operate a motor vehicle while impaired in any fashion. Um, Officers that, uh, you know, nothing says an officer can't go out to a bar and have a drink, you know, off duty, that's fine. But plan ahead. And yet have we had, unfortunately, officers do it, yeah, off-duty officers quite often is the ones that are doing it. And the biggest challenge we face is getting that message through to our membership um, and ensuring that nobody makes a mistake. But the reality is one person, uh, one bad apple spoils the bunch. And, you know, it sets a bad example for the entire service by even one officer being caught for any sort of offense or committing any sort of uh, offense.
1: Okay. Um, thank you so much for being here, Constable Clint Stibby. Hope we don't have to talk about this subject anytime soon. Hope everybody has a safe holiday.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.